I want to take just a few minutes and explain to you and warn you about a false dichotomy. Of course, dichotomy simply means a false choice. A false choice, meaning and uh, to having to choose between two things which aren't necessarily true at all. It's a, it's a, it's a it's something that's imposed upon you. And this false dichotomy is theological in as much that there are those today both within the mainstream churches that came out of European Christendom and many evangelicals, sadly, and certainly many within the Pentecostal world, who will tell you that unless you're under the law of Moses, you are lawless. And so they'll use this this false dichotomy to intimidate you to come under the law of Moses. Because if you don't, or if you, if you suggest that the law of Moses is now obsolete because you're under a new covenant, they will call you lawless. They'll accuse you of wanting to be lawless, to, to simply, you just want to sin, all you want to sin, and then do what you want to do, and then uh, cry grace, grace, grace. Well, that's simply not true. <clears throat> that is not uh, the the character of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So those who would say, "Well, no, you have to come under the moral law of the Moses of the law of Moses, or you're simply being lawless," are lying to you. Simple fact, they're lying to you. They may they may not be conscious; they're even lying themselves. They may just be parroting what they've been taught themselves. But nonetheless, it's simply not true. Now. They will say that, no, no, you're, you don't have to come under the civil law and you don't have to come under the, the ceremonial law, but you do have to come under the moral law. And they'll be referring to the Ten Commandments when they say that. And so you do have to come under the moral law, they say. And the problem is, is that, first of all, uh, well, let me back up. The false dichotomy is between the Mosaic Law, and lawlessness. Secondly, there is no tripart division of the law. No self-respecting Jew would have ever regarded the Law of Moses, the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, to be somehow divided up, separated out, to so that it can be used for, for men's agendas. In fact, Paul said it in Galatians 5 quite clearly. He said in Galatians 5, 3, Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the whole law. In other words, there is no tripart division between civil, ceremonial, and moral law. So that is an invention of Thomas Aquinas, the Catholic theologian, in order to support Catholic teaching that the Reformers sadly adopted. Calvin and Luther and Zwingli and others, they adopted it and incorporated that into their theologies as well. It's a sad, tragic fact. But the law is simply the law. Jesus said it, didn't he, in Matthew 5, that, that, that not one jot or the least stroke of a pen will pass away until all is fulfilled. So 
The gospel of Jesus Christ doesn't divide the law up into three parts. The law, the gospel of Jesus Christ fulfills the law. Big difference. Big difference. So let me just read you a text that will be very helpful to you to understand what's happening here and how this event has been brought forward into the 21st century. And it has to do with Acts chapter 15 and the Jerusalem Council, in which there were certain members of the early church who really felt, after Pentecost, that the Gentiles should have to be circumcised and come under the law of Moses. Uh, beginning Acts chapter 15, verse 5, Then some of the believers who belonged to the party of the Pharisees stood up and said, quote, The Gentiles must be circumcised and required to keep the law of Moses. End quote. Now that challenge has been echoed down through church history. You will think, in what I'm about to read, that this was resolved, but it wasn't. That challenge, that insistence, that false teaching that Gentiles must come under the law of Moses law, is, is something that has persisted throughout church history and persists even to this day, as I just mentioned a few minutes ago. So, to that, to that challenge by some of the Christians who were of the party of the Pharisees was this response. The apostles and elders met to consider this question. In verse 7, after much discussion, Peter got up and addressed them, quote, Brothers, you know that some time ago God made a choice among you that the Gentiles might hear from my lips the message of the gospel and believe. God, who knows the heart, showed that he accepted them by giving the Holy Spirit to them, just as he did to us. He did not discriminate between us and them, for he purified their hearts by faith. Now then, why do you try to test God by putting on the necks of Gentiles a yoke that neither we nor our ancestors have been able to bear. No, he says quite emphatically, we believe it is through the grace of our Lord Jesus that we are saved just as they are. End quote. Peter is making a profound statement under the inspiration and power of the Holy Spirit, saying quite clearly that the Gentiles have been accepted by God as evidenced, not by them coming under law, not by them obeying the, the law, but by the fact that God has given them the gift of the Spirit. And that he did not discriminate between Jews and Gentiles, but purified both of them, both of their hearts, by faith. And that we should not put the yoke of the law back on their shoulders. So this is a very important false dichotomy that is put on people today. How does it show up today? Well, it shows up today 
uh, in many ways. It shows up in, in reform circles by them teaching that the, the three uses of the law, the three uses of the law being the, um, uh, the use of, to bring conviction, to show how depraved people are and how good God is so that they feel convicted and, and will be motivated to receive the gospel. The second is to uh, use the law as a means of bringing civil restraint, the restraint of disorder and lawlessness within the civil society, especially if it's backed up by civil codes, uh, penalties, jail time, even execution. And then thirdly, to show, uh, to show the, the child of God uh, what pleases God by bringing him under the law. As you just heard Peter say, there's nothing biblical about that. But it is taught every day, every week. The Westminster Confession of Faith is filled with it. The Book of Concord re references it. There are uh, pastors all over the West who go around teaching that somehow people have to give 10% of their gross income to earn a blessing from God or fear coming under the curse of God based upon Malachi chapter 3. There are people who shouldn't recreate on Sunday but rather should be home in prayer and meditation preparing to return for the Sunday night Sabbath service and so on and so on. I even had a woman once that was visiting us as a guest. When I offered to make her breakfast, I offered to make her bacon and eggs, and she was so offended because I offered her pork. And this is not a Jewish woman. This was a Pentecostal Christian woman, an old friend of my wife's who had come to visit. She hadn't seen her in 40 years, and she was quite offensive about her approach to dietary laws. She really believed that she shouldn't eat pig, quote, end quote. This is where it goes, folks. If we don't understand the gospel and we allow a little leaven to leaven the whole lump. So when somebody tells you that either you come under the law of Moses or that the, the law has not been totally set aside, because if you do, you'll just become lawless. I want to invite you and strongly encourage you and applaud you to reject that argument. It's a false dichotomy. The gospel dichotomy is between the Mosaic covenant and the new covenant. The gospel dichotomy is between life in the flesh and life in the spirit. The gospel dichotomy is between life under the law and life under grace in Christ Jesus. Don't let anyone argue you back into coming under the yoke of the law so that they can control you, so they can extract money from you, or so they can meet their own theological agendas. You know, we have the scriptures, thanks be to God. And it's so important, this is a, is a good point to emphasize, that we must, we must learn how to read our Bibles well. We must learn to read them exegetically and, and contextually and prayerfully. Because there will never be an end to people out there 
who want to rob you of the gift that Christ is to you in righteousness, peace, and joy. Don't let him do it. So if somebody comes to you and says, well, you either come under the law of Moses or you're just being an antinomian. That's that big $50 word that they use to intimidate you. You know, oh my goodness, I, I wouldn't want to be an antinomian. What is that? <laughs> antinomian just means against law. It's a fancy word for against law. But you're not against law. You can tell them that I am a biblical Christian. I am a New Testament, New Covenant Christian. I have the Spirit dwelling in me, and I walk by the Spirit, and therefore I do not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. You can tell them that the Spirit dwelling in you is the replacement for Torah. The external law has now been set aside, for the law is now written on your heart and your mind. No longer is the law found in tablets of, flesh, uh, tablets of stone, but in hearts of flesh, so that you have a new nature. And lo and behold, glory be, the righteous requirements of the law are not something you reject. In fact, according to Romans chapter 8, the righteous requirements of law have been fulfilled in you. It's what God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to condemn sin in the flesh, to be an offering for sin. And so he condemns sin in the flesh, and Paul says in Romans 8, 4, in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us. We do not live according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Amen.